Welcome to RMGT Open Mic. I'm Jim Luttrell, your host, and today we will be speaking with Doug May, the president of One Step, located in Davenport, Iowa. Now, Doug's printing company started as a digital-only shop, but now 90% of his business is based on offset printing. Here's a snippet of what we will hear. We actually started as a digital only shop back in 95 when nobody had digital and everybody had offset. So our evolution has always been contrary to the market view. Uh, we just follow our book of business. When you look at your book of business and you pay attention on what you're doing, who you're doing it for and how fast they want it. So let's kick off our program by introducing Doug May. As we said before, Doug is the president of One Step based in Davenport, Iowa. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be here today. And uh, we're also very happy to have with us uh, Chris Manley. He's the president of Grafco. They're the uh, distributor for RMGT in the Midwest and the Southeast of the United States. So Chris, we're also want to welcome you to the podcast. Very glad to be here as well. Thanks, Jim. So Doug, tell us a little bit about One Step. Tell us who you are, what you guys are doing these days. Okay, One Step, we've been around for 25 years. Uh, the last 15 years, we've been kind of in a different business model. The first 25 years, we kind of worked out of other people's businesses and we worked partnerships out. And since then we've been purchasing and consolidating platforms and growing our platform for productivity reasons. Uh, uh, with the advent of cloud software and the ability to consolidate uh, print on one platform, it's allowed us a lot of latitude to grow our business. And now we just look at the walls of our building and say, well, that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Now, I hear you have plans of changing the structure of the business uh, to be a woman-owned business. Maybe Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, my, my daughter has uh, uh, decided she wanted to step up and uh, she's 27, 28 years old. And uh, with the advent of her stepping up and wanting to get more involved with the business, it's given me an opportunity to explore this process. Uh, we've been a woman-owned business since 2014. Uh, we're majority owned by women. Uh, we're in the process of certifying that here now over the last few years and we're two, three years into that process. Uh, we got a CFO and our chief information uh, technology person is also a female. So it's a great opportunity for us to go down a path that we never even thought of going down years ago uh, because of the advent of the, uh, the personnel that we currently have. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, it's, I'm glad to hear that. Now, um, question everyone's wondering, how, how have you guys fared these last, you know, this last year and a half with the pandemic? How are things how have you guys done with that? You know, surprisingly well. We got a very diversified base, and it's it's very different. We have manufacturing education, and all we we lost a lot of our education. Uh, a lot of our manufacturing went up, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, we streamlined our operations. We've always been very conservative, and uh, we came out uh, very strong through the pandemic because of our diversification. And also, I mean, we've got a very tenured workforce. I can't tell you how important our employees were in getting us through these tough times. Uh, we've got uh, 15 employees that have been with us for over 15 years, and we've only been around 25 years. 
and we only have a total of 40 employees. So it gives you an idea of, of how important our core group has been to get us through this. So I'll tell you, if it wasn't for the experience and the professionalism of our employees, it would have been a much, much harder uh, yeah. to get through this. So it's been, it's been great because of that. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. Now, what, one of the things, uh, it always fascinates me because, you know, we talk to a lot of printers and, you know, during this, for some, a downturn, you know, the investment in capital equipment, like, t tell us your, your thinking process, because you've actually invested in a new offset press with RMGT. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your thinking process and like how you came to that conclusion? Well, you know, the end of last year was like, uh, okay, let's take a look at our operation. You know, it's like, you've been around for 25 years, but this is your first pandemic, all right? So what was interesting about the way we, it was just a number of things coming into play. Uh, our profitability was very good last year, which gave us the opportunity to explore investing. Uh, second thing was uh, we had an RMGT press, uh, a 920, uh, five color that we bought in 2016 or 15, I believe. Uh, we've had it for five years and uh, it's ran great, uh, but we've got it fully depreciated after the first year. And then we look at our depreciated cost and the market value uh, has been a great investment. We got more than what we had it depreciated for back on trade. And when you start running the numbers with some other equipment that I recently bought that didn't fit our, our book of business as well as we anticipated, uh, we, we coupled together a couple trades and uh, we ended up putting a brand new press in here at an extremely aggressive price. And uh, I got to thank uh, Chris Manley's accountant for having a very sharp pen. I appreciate that, Chris. <laughs> nope, no, no, no problem at all, Doug. We aim to please. Aim <laughs> thank to you. Please, so. so, so the big thing was, is looking at the appreciated cost. And the other thing too, is uh, you look at a piece of equipment that's five years old or six years old and you wonder if it'll ever need maintenance. I mean, we've, we've had, I think we're down maybe two days in five to six years with our existing RMGT. And I always- In all that time, in all that time you, what, down how much? About only two to three days for really? five, five to six years. It's amazing how reliable that piece of equipment's been for us. Uh, I, I, I joked with Chris earlier, I said, I go, he makes a sale and I never see him again. I go, and that's a compliment. <laughs> so, so thank you. So it's been good. So it was easy for us to look at this investment from a maintenance standpoint, a depreciated cost standpoint. And when you look at the efficiency of a perfecter and the ROI on it, uh, we figure we'll get an ROI in less than two years on this investment based on, on what we put together. So we're very excited about it. Okay, so, so it was a perfect, so like, tell us a little bit about the specs on this press that, that you purchased. You, you tell them, Chris, you're the expert. I'd be happy to, thank you. So, um, so first of all, the, the machine that Doug has coming is going to be a 920 eight color with LED. And um, the machine offers a automated plate changing um, device that would provide, I think it's about a four minute total plate change for all eight plates. And I think with Doug's dedicated staff has already, you know, put out big numbers on their five color this is really, really going to change their ability to, 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 to put work through their plant. Um, so very high spec machine. And, and I think we're, we're, we're counting on that same durability and reliability that uh, it does experience so far. Well, that's great. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Now, 
Now, Doug, you're a, you're a hybrid uh, print manufacturing facility. By that, I mean you print both digital and offset. And, you know, if you listen to the talking heads in the industry, you, you, you know, you'd be led to believe that no one's investing in offset anymore, right? But what was it that led you to invest uh, heavily in offset, cheap at offset, um, because you also have a digital operation there, which I know. Well, you know, the offset, we, ex we actually started as a digital only shop back in 95 when nobody had digital and everybody had offset. So our evolution has always been contrary to the market uh, view. Uh, we just follow our book of business. When you look at your book of business and you pay attention on what you're doing, who you're doing it for and how fast they want it, there's very few true solutions when you look at uh, an ROI, uh, looking at the RMGT uh, LED technology and the fact that you can get, you know, 13,000, four over four, actually, uh, you know, uh, four up 12 by 18 sheets off the press per hour. It's pretty impressive to think about what you can turn and, and what, you know, I'm not sure I haven't done the math and the throughput, but, uh, the actual volume is not what we so much bought it for, but it's the versatility of that piece of the equipment where we can now look at ganging up jobs. We can put one type of paper in there and run four different jobs on that on that uh, sheet of paper on that job straight up. So we're, we're excited about a number of things, but the biggest thing about the press technology is probably 95% of our book of business is static non-variable. And uh, the amount of variable print that we have, it's hard to justify a, a million dollar press to take care of the small amount of variable business we have. And, we're, we, and we have seven, eight color copiers. So do you really need, at what, at what level do you need more versatility than that? Uh, so, but quite frankly, the, uh, the fact that you can take it off the press, take it over to the cutter, uh, cut it, instantly book it or box it is, uh, creates some efficiencies that uh, before that technology was invented, you'd have to pull it off, let it sit for two days, then you'd put it on and certain paper wouldn't dry, certain paper would dry well, and you're always chasing your ink smears and everything else. But uh, it's interesting with this RMGT technology and, and the versatility it's given us and, and speed to market. I mean, uh, our clients have come to expect our speed to market. And, uh, and if I don't have an eight up, I, I, might, I might not be able to satisfy them I hate to say my clients are spoiled. I, I'm, I'm the spoiled one for having such great clients. But the, the deal is, is that the expectations and speed to market is a very big thing in our business model. That's hmm. interesting. Jim, Jim, if I could also just, you know, elaborate a little bit on something that I heard Doug say, um, you know, look at your book of business, you know, as a, as a commercial printer that also has digital and then follow I don't want to put words in your mouth, but kind of follow the money. You know, where does where where does that take you? What what I've seen that's been a beautiful thing about One Step's growth into the first uh, nine series machine, and now of course coming into the, the the second one, is that when we got together, the biggest offset sheet that One Step could print was a fourteen by twenty. I mean, so effectively a twelve eighteen on a about a 10 or 15 year old Ryobi five color that Doug owned and to have so quickly grown his platform to where they're at virtually full capacity on an eight up machine 
single-sided, granted, but now grown quickly enough to fill out um, an eight color where we're doing, you know, single pass printing. That shows that when not only Doug, but a gentleman named Chris Posey, who works for Doug, he's one of his top sales guys, actually reached out to me by phone to ask for us to come out and make a presentation at one step. I think in some ways, Chris really knew what his book of business looked like and felt that an offset press that had these kind of capabilities was going to be helpful in him growing and growing his business and uh, within Doug's company, within one step. And uh, we're just so thrilled that that's worked out this well um, for Doug because they're a great group of people out there. That's great. That's great. Doug, just uh, another thing I'm always interested in, uh, again, because this offset versus digital sort of fascinates me. What percentage of your your revenue would you say is generated offset versus digital? I mean, do you have do you have that number off the top of your head? You know, I would have to say it's it's ninety plus uh, percent of our business. It's got to be. I, I haven't looked at the exact numbers, but if I look at the uh, total digital clicks that we do per year and figure out our average sale cost on those, uh, I mean, so much of our business it generates. We go from design to kit distribution to uh, uh, managing uh, workflow and distribution for clients that when you look in, you know, so you carve out what, what part of this is print, you know, and then how are we making an ROI on print? And uh, that's, so when you look at the digital aspect of it, the nice thing about the digital is you're not going to get away from it. And I'm not saying digital is dead or press is dead. I'm just saying there is a perfect mix of the two and you've got to discover that perfect mix and invest accordingly. I mean, that's, that's, that is the secret is understanding what is your business. And uh, you can easily get wowed by a lot of the digital technology out there because it is some wow stuff. I mean, it's amazing what's going on with inks right now and inkjet technology and things like that. But I mean, when you look at throughput, you look at curing times, you look at uh, final pieces and, and the ability to turn the product quickly, uh, it's the press is still the boss in the room when you're looking at those things. Now, if 95% of my product was a variable short run, obviously I probably wouldn't even own a press, you know? Right. So, so you look at that. So you really, like I say, you just got to follow your book of business in, in our industry and try not to be everything to everybody. I think the biggest thing that we have is, uh, I always say to my employees is, uh, and Chris probably knows the sum, but what is the size of the print industry in the United States? 50 billion. 40 billion, I have no idea, something like that, I'm guessing. I guess that, uh, I haven't looked at that statistic lately, but so, I but definitely- I, 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 I think I it's just, a lot less than that these days, but- Is it? I well, know. I mean, for the book of business that we do, I always say we're a pimple on the elephant's butt. So <laughs> at the end of the day, I go, if we can't, we can't sit around and make our $15 million worth of business or 20 and get that because it is a multi-billion dollar industry. And there's there's a lot of projects that fit us real well yeah. in this industry. And we're not that big. So our, our salespeople have wide open eyes and it's been really good. Uh, you, and you know, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I might be around for another five to 10 years. I'm not looking to, uh, to run into my eighties in the print industry. So for me, I'm excited about it, but I'd like to leave behind a, a platform that someone could run with. So that's, that's why we're investing like this also. Yeah, that's great. And, I, and I'm glad, uh, like younger people are getting involved in the, in the print industry. So your, your daughter, that's fantastic. Um, now tell us a little bit about the benefits of the investment, like from a human resource, human resource standpoint, like as far as pressmen are concerned, what, 
Well, yeah. did that I mean, figure into your thinking too? Yeah, I mean, it, there's when you look at your labor, obviously your labor is your biggest expense. So the question becomes, how do you maximize your labor? And, you know, and a lot of people have the opposite thought. They, how do you minimize your labor? You know, but I always think about it as how do you maximize your labor? And if uh, my most talented employees are typically on my press. And that being said, uh, if I've got too many press men because my press becomes more efficient, they're still my most talented employees. And it's not like there's not plenty to do around a press house no matter what. So uh, the biggest thing we look at is uh, our ability to put out product per employee. Uh, from what I understand, the industry average is hundred to $110,000 per employee of sales per year. Uh, we, we come in almost triple that uh, per, per sales employee, so, or per total employee count. So what we do is we focus on getting the right employees and, and uh, try to pay them well. And I think that's why we have the tenure we have that we've had uh, a third of our organization's been around for 15 plus years and we've only been around 25 years. So it's, uh, it's exciting to see that our average tenure per employee is over eight years right now. And uh, so from a human resource, you know, you gotta, you gotta think of uh, factors like uh, running most of your jobs in one or a flex shift. If we can get all that product through in eight to 10 hours, we have everybody to talk to to make sure that product's right. When you're running a second shift, these guys are always wanting for answers and trying to reach out and figure out any question on anything. And I think you can minimize a lot of problems by drawing up your productivity. So minimizing waste, I wouldn't say minimizing labor, but minimizing press labor and reutilizing or recapitalizing that labor in other places is definitely an opportunity. But just the throughput and speed to market too. And when you look at, uh, the ability to put certain jobs out the door at the end of the day, maybe you gain four jobs up and ship them out at five o'clock. And, and to be do, doing things like that, that make the difference for big clients that they come to expect that. And uh, so the human resource aspect of it is, is uh, maximizing your labor is giving them the technology to, to put out more product in the same amount of time, which creates more value for them, obviously. I mean, that's what, that's, they become valuable because of that. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense, Doug. Um, now, Chris, is we uh, is there anything else you can think of? I, I think this has been great. Everything uh, Doug's mentioned. Is there another element of this story that you want to pull to the top here? Well, I I, I would say that there's um, well, first of all, I want to thank Doug and also thank his his amazing staff. Um, you know, he's uh, Doug has been good enough to share the, the, let's say, uptime characteristics of his machine. We certainly take pride in how our press is built and engineered, but I would also say that if Doug's team weren't doing proper maintenance and if they weren't can-do individuals, I'm not sure we could meet that standard. You know, this needs to be a partnership. So thank you very much for that, Doug, and obviously for being a great customer for the last, you know, five, six years. Yeah, thank you. And the yeah, partnership's been great, you know, and then when you look at that too, I mean, uh, when you look at supply chains and what has happened in the last 18 months, you, you start to realize the value of your relationships and uh, for sure. uh, whether it's your paper vendor or if it's your uh, press vendor and the ability to have parts, the ability to fix your equipment, the ability to respond to you when you need them to respond and not blame it on something out of their control because they run good businesses. And it's, and I think it's kind of changed the dynamics for a lot of people when they're looking at their partnerships, 
they're always trying to do a value equation, but the, the biggest value equation is that you're never wanting for something that keeps you running. And uh, we've never That's wanted true. for something that kept us running. So it's a big deal. Well, it is. And I think both One Step and Graphco have a neat thing in common, which is that we never missed one day due to any of this coronavirus shutdown stuff. You know, both companies were essential central, essential businesses and we were open for business throughout the whole the whole time, which I feel very good about. Um, yeah, yeah, we were we were blessed to have a nice platform too, where we could spread out. I mean, we, we and that our industry lent itself to to be okay through this. Where I feel sorry for you know, don't feel sorry. I mean, I just feel I, I feel empathy for a lot of people that weren't able to operate because of the absolutely. nature of the business. Yeah, it's just right. It was, it was a difficult time for everybody. So. Hopefully, better days ahead for all of us, and maybe, and hopefully, we don't get overwhelmed, or we do get overwhelmed. We'll see what's coming. Never know. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, you know, what one other thing that I might ask Doug to share, just a, in, not in infinite detail, but um, I think you've acquired a number of companies um, actually well outside of your geographic area, and that's helped you kind of, you know. Uh, cantilever your great business model into some other areas. Anything about that that you might be able to share with the listeners? Uh, we, we've actually, we made about 10 acquisitions in the last uh, seven years. And uh, we've, we've floated a lot of that uh, technology. We're trying to centralize. Actually, about 10 years ago, we put together a 10-year plan and we're in year seven of it now. And that plan was to uh, buy and consolidate uh, companies onto a common platform uh, to some extent. Uh, we, 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 you know, it's not, but we're centralizing most of our press work around the same color and then to fulfill it to whatever expectations our client have after that. But uh, the final uh, uh, part of that business plan was to get the right technology in our platform to be able to handle the growth that we got through these acquisitions. And uh, part of that equation became this RMGT 928 up. I mean, it's it's pretty much putting the, the stamp on finishing most of our technology upgrades. And we've upgraded, you know, everything from cutters to stitchers to folders and everything in between, uh, packing equipment and uh, forklifts and trucks, and, you know, having all that stuff. But the, the big thing is, is being able to have that product ready to go to the next level all happens at design to print after print, that thing, that print will go 400 different directions, but getting it out allows us to get it out, you know, so being able to print it efficiently and quickly. So, so yeah, this, that would be like the, uh, the center point of our organization is going to be that eight up and uh, we're very excited to get it up and rolling. So that was Doug May, president of One Step, and Chris Manley, president of Graphco, on this edition of RMGT Open Mic. RMGT manufactures the leading 8-up sheet-fed offset press in North America. And this podcast has been produced in conjunction with their North American representatives. In North America, RMGT is represented by four authorized sales and service centers that service commercial printers, offset and packaging converters, and implant printers in the United States and Canada. We'll see you on a future installment of RMGT Open Mic.